From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and it is an honor to have in-studio, yeah, we got an in-studio guest this morning. She is the gem of STEM and the owner of a little STEM Lab Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely L.J. Henderson. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Well, thank you for um, coming on. Your publicist had hit me up about the uh, ice cream event that you had had um, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, like it's not enough time, you know, because that last week's show was already booked. And, you know, after reading everything that you do, which I absolutely loved, I, I still wanted to have you on so okay. people can just know about um, the school and everything that you have done to help, you know, further educate our children. So how did you how did you get the name The Gem of STEM? I love that. Well, um, I coined it myself. <laughs> um, I was looking for an acronym that would speak to my work. And Jim is an acronym for a girl educating the multitudes. Mm. And so I am the girl educating the multitudes about introducing kids to STEM education early. So I am the gym. And STEM is an acronym for? Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Mm -hmm. Now, I heard that they added um, a letter, an acronym. I think robotics and so, uh, or STEAM. Wait, there's something else. I think it's from STEM to STEAM. Yes, so a lot of um, schools and officials are adding the arts because we don't want to leave the arts out. But STEM is the primary source, the primary focus. And in my school, Little STEM Academy, we still include the arts, but we are a STEM-focused school. We um, actually have a piano truck that actually comes and allows the students to actually do piano lessons on site. They do their arts and crafts as well. We haven't really introduced them to too much music, but hopefully maybe y'all can help us out with that. But we sing songs every day, so we still cater to their creativity in that way. But the deficit that I see for many of our children is that they lack the science and the math. And that is what ends up pigeonholing them once they get into higher grades. And so that's my focus right now. And I'm trying to think of when that breakdown was, because the way that the system is um, set up for us to fail and not, you know, (laughs) come into our own power. um, We're all smart. Yes. And, and, And if given the opportunity and the proper education to expand one's mind we can do everything there was a time where like majority of the kids when I was coming up they were great at you know Mm -hmm. math and science and and all of that and and, and even I was a I was a geek yeah (laughs) you know what I mean um especially in electronics like you know fixing old radios or even building one you know Mm -hmm. speakers all of that and then the decline started they started taking tech know, out of school, tech out of school, even even music, even yes. the music programs, mm-hmm. because everything is mathematics and music, of course, um, is math. So from your experience in this 25 years of education, when did you start to see the decline or at least the change in the curriculum that um, the system mm-hmm. uh introduced. Actually, I saw it straight out the gate. When oh. I graduated from Texas Southern University wow. and had my first job as a speech therapist. Okay. And I saw um, minority students being over-identified and overqualified for special education services, qualifying for speech therapy for receptive and expressive language delay. And I worked in the field for about 17 years. I was in private practice. I did home health. But no matter what 
neighborhood I went to, it could be affluent or non-affluent. I went from gated communities to rat-infested apartments doing home health work, and all of the children were being seen for the same objectives, receptive and expressive language delay. And I said that we don't need speech therapy. We don't need as much special education referrals. These students need early foundations. And so I started focusing my time, my effort, and my energy on making certain that students went to school prepared because there are not enough Head Start programs for the number of students once they exit like a traditional child care center. And so for a lot of minority children, they're sitting on someone's couch or whoever will babysit them free while mom or dad works. And so they automatically are starting school behind, and that's why they end up on those special education rosters. And so I don't even practice as a speech therapist anymore. I am an early childhood interventionist, and I am determined to see more kids succeed and I'm taking the fear of science and math out of them with the way that I expose them mm-hmm. in my program to science. We've already dissected. We've dissected frogs. This summer we dissected a shark, a squid, a starfish. Um, most students don't dissect until they're in the seventh grade. Right. And then depending on the school or the budget, they may not even do that lab. Mm-hmm. And so I'm introducing students before they are like, ooh, that's stinky, or I don't want to touch it. And I think for a lot of times, especially girls, at some point we want to be cute and we don't want to be smart because we want to be hip and we want to be liked. And so a lot of times, and I know even in my own family, I have personal stories of students not wanting to excel and some of the females not wanting to be the smart girl because it wasn't cool. And I'm trying to teach kids that it is cool to be smart and Pretty much, if you start at an early age, you'll just kind of build that foundation. I think. Not only is it cool to be smart, but um, it pays. Yes, it does. It does to be smart. Yes, you know, I tell all the kids now. Like, if I go, if I'm speaking to like elementary or you know junior high school, even at a high school like the ninth graders, <laughs> I tell them, I'm like, Yo, girls, okay, y'all may be laughing at the nerd now and think he's a lame and all that now, but that's gonna be the one with all the money. Yes. <laughs> in 15 more years when y'all are grown adults, you know, mm-hmm. some of these, these hot boys that y'all looking at now in school, like this probably will be their peak in life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it'll be nothing. So don't discount the nerds because I went to school with a lot of them and you know what they are. Yeah. Paid. Paid. <laughs> yeah. I um one of the things when I was training and teaching and even speaking in the speech therapy world, Um, I would say that language isn't black or white, it's green. Mm -hmm. Because the better command you have of the language, the more money you can require or demand. So when you think about professional athletes, it's some that can do their craft, but those that can also be the face of an organization, can secure those endorsements, can articulate and negotiate those contracts, those are the ones that are triple paid, Mm -hmm. not just the ones that are just getting out there working with their bodies, but those that can work their minds and their voices. So I think, you know, our students also, going back to what you said about STEAM, we also have C-STEM, which is communications, because a communicative aspect of learning how to speak and present yourself is equally as important once you have those knowledge and skills to open up doors and create bigger platforms. And public speaking is the number one fear of people. Yeah. I found that to be um, fascinating. Let's go back to where this passion to teach children began. Was this um, as you were going to school at uh, Texas Southern, something that you you know had a passion for? Or when, when did the spark come? Um, actually, I ended up 
graduating as um, the last graduating class of communicative disorders from Texas Southern, I thought I wanted to be a social worker. Okay. However, um, during my clinical studies, I was locked in the house. Wait, pause. You said the last class? or like The they last, didn't... like they discontinued the program. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. in 96, they discontinued the program. I think it's reactivated, but it was a long time before that happened. Okay. Um, but I was the last graduating class, so my degree was actually COMD, psychology and social work mm -hmm. and I started out as a social worker and I um, my clinical work required that I do mentally ill offenders that were on probation so I had seen so much from going into the jail systems mm -hmm. to doing intake mm -hmm. on people with split personalities bipolar disorder and we were locked in the house with one of the intake <laughs> clients and I prayed because I thought literally we were going to die in that house because they were trying. The constables came because the lady had been off of her medication. The constables came to take her so that she could go to the hospital and get medicated. And she locked us in the house, and so they couldn't get in. And um, we were, like, in Fourth Ward in, like, one of those shotgun houses. So she put that bar across the door, and my heart just dropped. And I was like, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, you wanted to worry about me again. I ran in the restroom. She had burglar bars on the window. And I couldn't close the door because she had clothes hanging over the door. <laughs> it was just a fiasco. It sounds like a, a movie, <laughs> some yes, sort of but thriller. That changed my major. Like, I had not even considered speech therapy, but that changed my major. And uh, from then, I was like, I told my department here, what can I do to graduate? And I switched to comedy. From there, I began working um, in junior high, high school. Later, I went back and taught at Texas Southern. I taught ESL, continued working as a speech therapist. But my most recent work started during the pandemic when I had to be responsible for helping families who had children that were learning virtually and they had to work all day. Mm -hmm. And so they were coming to my early childhood center. And typically these were some kids that I would see as an after schooler. So they would come in, do homework assistance, get a snack. But I didn't really know their deficits in multiple areas until I was responsible for making certain that they were on their Zoom calls or they were in their Google Meet classrooms. And actually, I was able to see and pinpoint their deficits, particularly in science and math. I had first and second graders that didn't know basic addition. And I said, we cannot continue to send kids to school and not have equity. There were kids, even in my own neighborhood, that weren't doing the same level of work. And I just saw just this huge divide. And that's when I developed the lab kits, which are like prepackaged experiments for kids to do. And they liked them. And I actually developed it for parents to have a product that they could actually do because parents were feeling like I'm a bad parent. I didn't know that my, ch my child didn't know this. What am I supposed to do? I have to work. I can't do it all. And so it was a product for parent. But as I sold to parents and I spoke to other educators around the world, they were like, we need something like this in our schools to enhance our programs at the early childhood level. So now my product is sold in over 34 states, and we pretty much, I am like leading the charge in early childhood so that even if a child doesn't come to my school in Pearland, they're going to be better because of where they are we and they have access. We literally have a superhero <laughs> who is stopping... <laughs> The, the 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 school to prison pipeline yeah because that's the thing that they say like if yeah. you don't if, if you don't reach the child by you know kindergarten I guess like the age of five mm -hmm. you know they, they'll know by what is it the third, third grade, grade reading level the, the, yeah mm -hmm. so we have a real life superhero in Houston who is stopping who was trying to stop this terrible statistic in this thing that the system has 
put on us. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. So thank I'm you. Uh, thank you're you. Welcome. Now, let me do a reset. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We are talking to educator, visionary, solutionist, the superwoman of STEM. She is the gem of STEM. Excuse me. L.J. Henderson. Um, wow. That just warms my heart because all of our kids are so smart. It is, it's the way that the system works from what's in the food to what's in the water to what is consumed as entertainment with TV and movies and Lord knows, you know, the video games, (laughs) all of that. Distractions. Yeah, to keep them from reaching their highest potential because the system, they know Mm -hmm. that if we are given an even playing field, that melanated (laughs) folks are always going to succeed. No, that that's real talk. Like I've I've been in conversation with white folk who have said that flat out. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like y'all want equality? It's never going to be equality. I'm going to tell you what, we have done everything to y'all. We have, like I said, poison your food, poison your water, um, feed you with this mindless entertainment, put you in the projects, uh, create diseases to, you know, try to kill you off. And you all still survived. Mm -hmm. So, no, there'll never be equality because if there was an even playing field and and these are his words and I quote, y'all would kick our asses. (laughs) Wow. So they know. Yeah. Yeah. They already know. Um, the lab kits, are they available? How can like parents get a, a hold of that? Or do you have, um, are there classes? Do you get like, what, tell how they can be down. Because for everyone listening to this, if you have a young child or, or you know, some, that's about to enter school, you need to, um, you need to get this. Yeah, so These little STEM lab kits. So the little STEM lab kits can be found on littlestemlabkits.com on our website. Um, we have seven products right now out. We are launching a virtual platform too to support homeschoolers because there has been a thirty percent increase in minorities homeschooling their children because they're just not. I guess, feeling what's going on in the public school system. Of not. And then also to support the public school system with their early Head Start programs, the lab kits are available as well. But we're launching a virtual school because we have um, science instructors on our team and not everyone has the same access that we have. So in order to create access, in addition to selling them the kits, we're now offering them the lessons where they can actually tune in once a week with our labs live. So it's not just a pre-recorded session. They'll have an instructor there and we will actually lead the lesson and their teacher can just be the facilitator so that students all over the world can do STEM. And um, our program is called STEM with Stanley. Stanley's our bearded dragon. Oh. And so... <laughs> and you got a dragon as a mascot. I love it. Yes. So um, STEM with Stanley is now on our virtual platform and all the information about that is on our website, littlestemlabkits.com. Um, if you're in the Pearland area, because I know parents are not going to commute too far, if you yeah. need somewhere for your little ones to go, you can go to littlestemacademy.com. But I travel everywhere. I'm actually headed to New Orleans tomorrow to 
actually vend at the Louisiana Department of Education Conference. I'm actually a native of Louisiana, so that's near and dear to my heart because my state is low performing. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to change the trajectory of the student outcomes in that state as well. So anyway, I can support anyone in the area of STEM. I'm here to do that. People ask me all the time, like, what age is your product for? It's for whatever age a child hasn't been exposed. Mm, so the things that I'm doing with my three, four, and five-year-olds, some middle school students haven't done. So if a child hasn't been exposed or if you want something to enhance your current program curriculum, then I would say the lab kit would be an excellent choice to do that. Indeed. Um, I'm just thinking, like, you know, you said uh, when y'all start teaching them, you know, the music more of that and how we can be involved, I'm going to definitely make that happen. Yeah. Um, because what you're doing is <laughs> I can't even put it into words because I'm just so full because, yes, somebody to <sighs> let our kids know that, yeah, you can do this. Like it just expose them early. Yes. So there are a lot of leaders in STEM. There's a lot of organization. There's blacks in STEM. Um, everyone is doing their part, but I think we need to start earlier. And so yes. I'm trying to build relationships and partnerships with those that are already in the field and with the companies that are already, I guess, funding education and getting them to see that if you want this engineer to show up for your company later, you have to make investments in their education early. So that's like what my main goal is right now. It's just to really get people to really focus on starting early so that we can show up later. If I may, when you discovered the... um, (laughs) The pump fake that the system did to us when when you were awakened mm-hmm. as to how the system operates and how, you know, we are done. What was your reaction? What were your thoughts, your feelings? Um, Actually, I wanted to quit my job. And actually, I did stop working. Like, I was my first year and a half, the second half of that first year, I told my husband, I was like, I can't do this. And I went back to school and I got a master's in education. And so I was like, I'm just going to be a teacher because I can't keep seeing these kids failing and not getting out of this special education cycle. I'm like, there's something wrong. But I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was, but I think it's now it's the early intervention. It's the early exposure. That's how we can prevent the preschool to prison pipeline. Not just the school to prison, but the the preschool preschool to prison pipeline. pipeline. Because research tells us that a child's brain is at 90% capacity by age five. So if they're not showing up to school until they're five years old, we're working with 10% for the rest of their life. Wow. So, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, that's, that's science. And that's what the research suggests. So... I know when you look at other cultures and what they're doing with their kids at three, four, and five years old, and you see them excelling and constantly excelling, um, it's a reason for that. I mean, it takes, you know, not just the teachers, but the parents too. Absolutely. So we're doing, you know, our part to educate parents on what they can do and to empower parents to let them know that we are here to support you because parents don't know that they don't know. They're just doing the Mm -hmm. best they can with what they have. And if it's your only child, you don't have anything to compare it to besides your friend's child. And so, you know, just really helping parents understand developmental milestones and what the state says your child should be learning, Mm -hmm. knowing and doing, and Mm -hmm. um, how we can support that. So any way that I can continue to support 
any school, parent, homeschool, community, child care center, daycare, reach out to me. I'm LJ, the gem of STEM. Uh, on Instagram, it's just gem of STEM. Um, Facebook, you could hit me up as well, LJ Henderson, just letters LJ Henderson. Um, look look at the work that we're doing, Little mm-hmm. STEM Academy, on all social media platforms, and you'll see what our students are doing. And is the website the same? Little the, STEM Academy? Yeah, the website is Little STEM Academy. Try to keep it consistent. Yeah, I know, that's right. Listen, <laughs> yeah, wow, dude, this, dang, this 20 minutes flew by. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and oh, sharing welcome. this. You're welcome. This, I can't even think of, a, 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 of an adjective to describe what this is. It's just, it's amazing. It's divine. It's it's so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. LJ Henderson, <laughs> the gem of STEM. Man, anytime. Okay. Anytime you want to come back, open invitation, okay? Okay, awesome. I will be here. And you can come out to see us as well. Oh, 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 oh I plan <laughs> on it. Well, you know, we, you know, we're about to talk offline. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. And for everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. On the phone line, I have one of Houston's gems. Yes, she is a Grammy-nominated singer, a a HSPVA alum, and the co-chair of PVA Homecoming, which is coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Ashley Tamar Davis. How are you, my love? How you doing, love? That's cool. I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Hadn't um, seen you since last week. No. I know. Turn up. I think I'm supposed to see you on Sunday, but we'll, you know, we won't say where we're going to see each other on Sunday. But yeah, I think I see you on Sunday too. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. So um, I'm glad that um, Alexis, Alexis Fly Jones, some of you may remember Alexis from Ready to Love Houston, one of my castmates. Um, she hit me up and uh, told me about this uh, black alumni for the high school for the performing and visual arts. Um, and I know that there are a lot of HSPVA um, black alumni still here in Houston and off at other places doing some things. So um, tell us about uh, this, this uh, what, homecoming, if, if you will? Well, yes. First of all, HSPVA, High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, now known as Kinder PVA. It's, it's now known as what? They, it's now known as Kinder PVA. I think someone gave a ton of money and the name has changed. <laughs> so it is now known as Kinder PVA. But HSPVA is celebrating 50 years. And earlier this year, they celebrated it at Miller Outdoor Theater. But the Black Alumni Network was started by some amazing students, Denise Ward, Capra, and Gabby Bird. They started it, um, I think, right after they graduated. And the Black alumni is one of the most notable Black alumni in the world. And it is, it is scripted and documented that HSPVA is um, the, most, the most prestigious, award-winning, notable alums are the Black African-American students. Really, And so we are celebrating 50 years and we cultivated a crazy, amazing three day weekend with some of our notables, you know, alums from all kind of cohorts and verticals. And we're celebrating it the weekend of August 5th through the 7th. Nice. 
Nice. Um, for the you know you know we got a lot of transplants uh, that are here. Um, a lot of folks from California, Illinois, uh, Missouri, New York, Florida, um, all over. Talk about HS uh, or well now Kinder <laughs> PVA and um, and the curriculum there. I mean, clearly it's in the title, uh, but you going there. Tell us about the school and what was it like? So High School for the Performing and Visual Arts has different verticals, um, arts centered around the arts. So you have instrumental, you have choral, you have vocal, which is vocal. You have, um, now they've added creative writing, but when I was there, it was vocal, theater, instrumental. They had a huge jazz department and dance and theater. And so it's expanded, of course, brand new campus. But if you think of the film fame, Debbie Allen, it's literally that. So a lot of cities have them, D.C., Dallas has it. New York, Los Angeles, but HSPBA is a huge staple in the Houston community because once again, our our alums are some of the most notable ones. And so when I went to PBA, I was there with some of the greats such as Robert Glasper, Brian Michael Cox, wow. Will, um, Walter Smith, wow. Jason Moran was there earlier than me, Eric wow. Harlan was there before me, you had um, Everett Hart who was there before me, Chandra Wilson from wow. Grey's Anatomy was there before me. So this school is so notable for teaching us the technical side of the art. And it's just been a school that just keeps giving in my life. I was a presidential scholar uh, in the arts with um, Walter Smith. We were the only in the vocal and instrumental who have ever done it in the history of PVA. And so this school has like made sure that the students who come after us know our name and champion us and, and as examples. And so it's, it's been great. And so we are bringing together all of us, as many of us who can come together for a three-day weekend. I'm actually co-chair, but I'm spearheading the edutainment series, kind of like a TEDx style, where we're going to hear from alums like Tanisha Ng, who played on All My Children. She's done a lot of TV and film. Tony Bracey, who works for Scooter Braun. If you heard of Scooter Braun, he's the management team for Ariana Grande. But these are Black alums. Like, we have Black alums who have written for Dear White People, have directed shows on ABC and and the like. And then we have Broadway actors and actors who are like huge in their right. And so it is so humbling to have seen the list of alums that are coming who are a part of the weekend. Brian Michael Cox is DJing on Friday night for our like happy hour kind of special. The edutainment series is Saturday during the day. Then we have a whole concert. Charles Jones worked with Andre Day. I mean, the, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm smiling because I am so honored to see the alums give back, come back to town. Smile. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just excited. Like I'm, I'm ready to just turn up with my fellow PVAers that weekend. I mean, it, it sounds like a lituation. And as you were, as exciting as you were sounding, uh, talking about it, because I could hear you smiling. Um, I'm like, man, like I'm a little jelly that I didn't go to this school, <laughs> grow up in Houston and go to this school. I mean, it seems like it was, uh, it was the thing. And so with this being um, the 50th anniversary, is this going to be open to all, all alumni or just from certain Everyone years? is invited. Everyone. It's a ticketed, no, it's to all alums. We have been looking for alums from the 70s more so now because we have some people representing the 80s and 90s, 2000s. But 
as of now, everyone is involved um, from the different years, and it is open to the public. It, you can go on the website. Don't don't be mad at me. I need to probably look that up right now so that you guys can get the tickets. But yeah, you can get the tickets for the entire weekend and come and enjoy. Oh, I have it. it. It's Eventbrite. So if you just uh, go to Eventbrite and then um, go to Eventbrite and uh, put in uh, Homecoming Celebration, the gold standard, it, that's where the, that's the tickets are. So it's a, it's an Eventbrite. So um, yeah, so the people listen, you want to go that, you're a HSPVA alum, uh, just log on to Eventbrite uh, and search HSPVA black alumni and yep. all of the things will come up yep yep it's gonna be overwhelming because you won't some faces you'll recognize but then if you google i think we have tag log lines for some of the alums if you don't know them i'm telling you now you will want to be in the building chad brawley is doing our sunday gospel brunch family reunion kind of style thing mm. so it's pretty heavy it's it a pretty heavy weekend it 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 sounds like it, but it sounds like an amazing time. It's just gonna be great vibes. I mean, August in Houston, woo, we gonna be burning up. We gonna be I know, I know. definitely gonna be that. But the vibes are gonna be unmatched. Yep, you're right. So you're who right. is it that you um, are most in awe over that came out of? Um, HSPVA that you you saw and you were just like, oh wow, like they really did it and they came from the same place that I came from. Well, I would have to pay homage to Chandra Wilson first. I mean, I didn't even know she was from PVA until they asked me to be a part of a graduation some years back. And I didn't even know she was from. Houston. Was a part of me either, and she was a part of the celebration, and that just was in awe because you've heard so much especially since COVID about Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, you know, whatever lives matter. And it, it just really means a lot as a Black woman, because in the entertainment business that I've been fortunate to be a part of, it still is challenging to meet other women that look like you who are paying it forward. Mm -hmm. It's not a lack of us. It's, it's, it's just a lack of us who pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And so it was really great to meet her. And then, of course, the peers in my my graduating class, like I'm so proud of Tanisha, Letitia Wright. I'm, I'm, I think her name was Letitia Wright. I, I'm, I may be saying it wrong, but I'm so proud of all of my Broadway actresses. Judith Franklin is on Broadway. Jarvis Manning is on Broadway. I'm so proud of Walter Smith, Kendrick Scott, Anthony Suber, Robert Hodge, Brian Michael Cox, Robert Glasper, Jason Morant. Like I'm the list goes Mark Kelly from The Roots. Like the list is like endless, you know? And so even when we run into each other in LA or wherever, it is literally a family reunion all over again. So to see us keep going, because there's been moments we've all talked about it where we wanted to stop, but to keep going in the arts as a black man or woman is huge and to make a great living. Yeah. And, you know, as the Bible says, God makes your name great to see people's names continually to be in rooms, you know, and I'm a music supervisor for TV and film. So it's amazing to work with my peers on TV and film projects now because of it. So it, it's just, it's just been the school that has paved a strong foundation and it has not been shaky, not one, one moment. So, yeah. 
That's amazing. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Grammy-nominated singer Ashley Tamar Davis and also an HSPVA alum and the co-chair for the PVA Homecoming. Uh, That is happening the weekend of August the 5th. Uh, The theme is the 50th the 50th anniversary and the theme is homecoming celebrating the gold standard so what 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 is the gold standard you know we kept going back and forth with what we wanted the theme to be and we know gold is always like the standard like people are always striving for the gold gold medal gold you know gold is a is a commodity right and a conductor and so and conductor right and so we knew that the alums if we put them all in a hat from all walks of life that came through the school, not just the black alums, the school really placed the standard on us. And we we joke about it, but each generation, every time we went off to a higher education or to a job, right, they always said, man, there's something about those kids coming out of Houston. Or they'll say, they'll say there's something about those kids coming from HSPVA. And so it's been a standard. It's been a standard that they have, even USC, where I went to school, fight on USC, they started coming to the actual campus to audition students from the school because of me and Charles Jones. And before, they were only going to Dallas. So we had to fly to Dallas to, wow. you know, to audition for USC. So we set a standard to the point where even schools started coming to our school to look for the talent. And so that's where the gold standard comes from. Indeed. You mentioned uh, Chandra Wilson. Uh, I'm going to play this special message that she uh, sent to everybody. Hello, HSPBA Black Alumni Network. It's Chandra Wilson, class of 87. As most of you know, we have been celebrating HSPBA's 50th anniversary, and the celebration continues this summer. Join the HSPBA Black Alumni Network for their reunion event, Homecoming, celebrating the gold standard from August 5th through the 7th, right here in Houston, Texas. Please visit HSPBABlackAlumni.com for more information. I love my school. That's Chandra Wilson. Uh, you remember her from oh, the hit so ABC show, uh, Grey's Anatomy. So, yeah, this is going to be a thing thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting because it's a celebration. It's a party. But then we get into the educational aspect. Yes. We hear the topic is called What I Wish I Knew While I Was at HSPBA. So I'm excited. I get to moderate some of the people. I'm so excited to just like candidly talk about things, you know, so it's going to be great. It is going to be great. So uh, once again, everybody, you can log on to either uh, Eventbrite and search Homecoming Celebrating the Gold Standard, or you can just log on to HSPVABlackAlumni.com. HSPVABlackAlumni.com to get more information and uh, to get the tickets. This is going to be quite the thing. I'm in town that weekend. No, I'm not from Houston, even though I'm coming up on 10 years that I've been here. So, of course, I didn't go to HSPVA. But (laughs) listen to this and and the vibes that I know that's going to be there, I want to come. Yay! Yeah, you should come. We'll make your honorary... um attendee <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it and and what about you ashley what what do you have coming up oh my gosh it's so much i mean it's funny or I'm at least as much as you can share 
Yes. So um, I, it's crazy. I want to make a huge announcement on here, but I have, I can't do it until like six weeks out. So I'm a little too far out, but I, um, I am a music supervisor. I'm working on some Netflix projects and some Hallmark projects. As an actor, you'll see me on some Hulu projects at the end of the year, but um, you'll hear my voice on some own networks, like my vocals on some own network projects. But I actually have a show on the 30th with David Michael Wyatt and the violinist Jamie Perry. So I'm super excited about that um, because my company has been doing a lot more live entertainment, like very innovative ways to bring live entertainment, like orchestral work meets Broadway or film meets live, you know. So that's what I've been up to. And then, um, yeah, I've just been doing the Broadway projects. And, of course, that's kept me busy and, you know. Yeah. Keeping it pushing. <laughs> Keeping it pushing. Yeah. We love it. So, um, everyone that's listening that, that, that wants to be down, uh, the homecoming, celebrating the gold standard as is homecoming weekend celebration for the high school of the performing and visual arts 50th anniversary. Um, they've got, uh, the welcome mixer that will be Friday, August the 5th at seven 30 at deluxe theater. Uh, what, Ashley just mentioned what I wish I knew, um, a live edutainment series. That'll be um, at the High End Theater. And then uh, The Happenings, the Alumni All-Star. That'll happen Saturday night, August the 6th, 7.30 at Kinder High School for the Performing and Visual Arts. And then on Sunday, they've got the HSPVA Family Reunion uh, happening at 2 at um, Axelrad. So uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a full packed weekend. It's going uh, to be great. So thank you all for coming on, letting us know about this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Any final words? No, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm excited to see Houstonians and you know get into that Houston heat as always. <laughs> I know that's right, <laughs> man. Thank you so much for your time, my love. Thanks for. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Ashley Tamar Davis, Grammy Award winning singer, uh, Grammy nominated singer, actress, voiceover, all things entertainment. I appreciate you. You too. Talk to you soon. Indeed. And for everyone listening to the podcast, on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, I'm KG Smooth, and we'll see you next week.